Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Greatest Love Stories. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and today, another story from Lucy Maud Montgomery. This one titled, The Gossip of Valley View. It was the 1st of April, and Julius Barrett, aged 14, perched on his father's gatepost, watched ruefully the low descending sun, and counted that day lost. He had not succeeded in fooling a single person, although he had tried repeatedly. One and all, old and young, of his intended victims had been too wary for Julius. Hence, Julius was disgusted and ready for anything in the way of stratagem or a spoil. The Barrett gatepost topped the highest hill in Valley View. Julius could see the entire settlement, from young Thomas Everett's farm, a mile to the west, to Adelia Williams' weather-gray little house on the moonrise slope to the east. He was gazing moodily down the muddy road when Dan Chester, homeward bound from the post office, came riding sloppily along on his gray mare and pulled up by the Barrett gate to hand a paper to Julius. Dan was a young man who took life and himself very seriously. He seldom smiled, never joked, and had a Washingtonian reputation for veracity. Dan had never told a conscious falsehood in his life. He never even exaggerated. Julius, beholding Dan's solemn face, was seized with a perfectly irresistible desire to fool him. At the same moment, his eye caught the dazzling reflection of the setting sun on the windows of Adelia Williams's house, and they had an inspiration little short of diabolical. "'Have you heard the news, Dan?' he asked. "'No, what is it?' asked Dan. "'Ah, I don't know as I ought to tell it,' said Julius." It's kind of a family affair. Uh, but then Adelia didn't say not to. And anyway, it'd be all over the place soon. So I'll tell you, Dan, if you promise never to tell who told you. Adelia Williams and young Thomas Everett are going to be married. Julius delivered himself of this tremendous lie with a transparently earnest countenance. Yet Dan, credulous as he was, could not believe it all at once. Get out! he said. It's true, on my word, protested Julius. Adelia was up last night and told Ma all about it. Ma's her cousin, you know. The wedding is to be in June, and Adelia asked Ma to get her quilts and things ready. Julius reeled all this off so glibly that Dan finally believed the story, despite the fact that the people thus coupled together in prospective matrimony were the very last people in Valley View who could have been expected to marry each other. Young Thomas was a confirmed bachelor of fifty, and Adelia Williams was forty. They were not supposed to be even well acquainted, as the Everts and the Williamses had never been friendly, although no open feud existed between them. Nevertheless, in view of Julius's circumstantial statements, the amazing news must be true, and Dan was instantly agog to carry it further. Julius watched Dan and the gray mare out of sight, "'fairly writhing with ecstasy. "'Oh, but Dan had been easy. "'The story would be all over Valley View in twenty-four hours.' "'Julius laughed until he came near to falling off the gatepost. "'At this point, Julius and Danny drop out of our story, "'and young Thomas enters. "'It was two days later when young Thomas heard "'that he was to be married to Adelia Williams in June. "'Eben Clark, the blacksmith, "'told him when he went to the forge to get his horse shod.' Young Thomas laughed his big, jolly laugh. Valley View gossip had been marrying him off for the last thirty years, 
although never before to Adelia Williams. "'It's news to me,' he said tolerantly. Eben grinned broadly. "'Ah, you can't bluff it off like that, Tom,' he said. "'The news came too straight this time. "'Well, I was glad to hear it, although I was mighty surprised. "'I never thought of you and Adelia. "'But she is a fine little woman, and she'll make you a capital wife.' "'Young Thomas grunted and drove away. "'He had a good deal of business to do that day, "'involving calls at various places, "'the store for molasses, the mill for flour, "'Jim Bentley's for seed grain.' the doctors for toothache drops for his housekeeper, the post office for mail, and that each and every place he was joked about his approaching marriage. In the end, it rather annoyed young Thomas. He drove home at last in what was for him something of a temper. How on earth had that fool's story started? With such detailed circumstantiality of rugs and quilts, too. Adelia Williams must be going to marry somebody, and the Valley View gossips, unable to locate the man, had guessed young Thomas. When he reached home, tired, mud-bespattered, and hungry, his housekeeper, who was also his hired man's wife, asked him if it was true that he was going to be married. Young Thomas, taking in at a glance the ill-prepared, half-cold supper on the table, felt more annoyed than ever, and said it wasn't, with a strong expression, not quite an oath, for young Thomas never swore, unless swearing be as much a matter of intonation as of words. Mrs. Dunn sighed, patted her swelled face, and said she was sorry. She had hoped it was true, for her man had decided to go west. They were to go in a month's time. Young Thomas sat down to a supper with the prospect of having to look up another housekeeper and hired man before planting, to destroy his appetite. Next day, three people who came to see young Thomas on business congratulated him on his approaching marriage. Young Thomas, who had recovered his usual good humor, merely laughed. There was no use in being too earnest in denial, he thought. He knew that his unusual fit of petulance with his housekeeper had only convinced her that the story was true. It would die away in time, as other similar stories had died, he thought. Valley View gossip was imaginative. Young Thomas looked rather serious, however, when the minister and his wife called that evening and referred to the report. Young Thomas gravely said that it was unfounded. The minister looked graver still and said he was sorry. He had hoped it was true. His wife glanced significantly about young Thomas's big, untidy city room where there were cobwebs on the ceiling and fluff in the corners and dust on the mop board and said nothing but looked volumes. Dang it all, said young Thomas as they drove away. Don't marry me yet in spite of myself. The gossip made him think about Adelia Williams. He had never thought about her before. He was barely acquainted with her. Now he remembered that she was a plump, jolly-looking little woman, noted for being a good housekeeper. Then young Thomas groaned, remembering that he must start out looking for a housekeeper soon. And housekeepers were not easily found, as young Thomas had discovered several times since his mother's death ten years before. Next Sunday in church, young Thomas looked at Adelia Williams. He caught Adelia looking at him, and she blushed and looked guiltily away. "'Dang it all!' reflected young Thomas, forgetting that he was in church. "'I suppose she's heard that fool story, too. I'd like to know the person who started it, man or woman. I'd punch him.' Nevertheless, young Thomas went on looking at Adelia by fits and starts, 
although he did not again catch Adelia looking at him. He noticed that she had round, rosy cheeks and twinkling brown eyes. She did not look like an old maid, and young Thomas wondered how she had been allowed to become one. Sarah Barnett, now, to whom reported married him a year ago, looked like a dried sour apple. For the next four weeks the story haunted young Thomas like a specter. Down it would not go. Everywhere he went he was joked about it. It gathered fresh detail every week. Adelia was getting her clothes ready. She was to be married in seal-brown cashmere. Vinnie Lawrence at Valley Center was making it for her. She'd got a new hat with a long ostrich plume. Some said white, some said gray. Young Thomas kept wondering who the man could be, for he was convinced that Adelia was going to marry somebody. More than that, once he caught himself wondering enviously. Adelia was a nice-looking woman, and he had not so far heard of any probable housekeeper. "'Dang it all!' said young Thomas to himself in desperation. "'I wouldn't care if it was true.' We'll return to our story right after this message from our sponsor. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, back to our story. His married sister from Carlisle heard the story and came over to investigate. Young Thomas denied it shortly, and his sister scolded. She had devoutly hoped it was true, she said, and it would have been a great weight off her mind. This house is in disgraceful condition, Thomas, she said severely. It would break Mother's heart if she could rise out of her grave to see it, and Adelia Williams is a perfect housekeeper. You didn't used to think so much of the Williams crowd, said Jug Thomas dryly. Oh, some of them don't amount to much, admitted Maria, but Adelia's all right. Catching sight of an odd look on young Thomas's face, she added hastily, Thomas Everett? I believe it's true after all. Now, is it? For mercy's sake, don't be so sly. You might tell me, your own and only sister, if it is. Oh, shut up, was young Thomas's unfeeling reply to his own and only sister. Young Thomas told himself that night that Valley View gossip would drive him into an asylum yet if it didn't let up. He also wondered if Adelia was as much persecuted as he was. No doubt she was. He could never catch her eye in church now, but he would have been surprised had he realized how many times he'd tried to. The climax came the third week in May, when young Thomas, who had been keeping house for himself for three weeks, received a letter and an express box from his cousin, Charles Everett, out in Manitoba. Charles and he had been chums in their boyhood. They corresponded occasionally still, 
although it was twenty years since Charles had gone west. The letter was to congratulate young Thomas on his approaching marriage. Charles had heard of it through some Valley View correspondence of his wife. He was much pleased. He had always liked Adelia, he said. Had been an old beau of hers, in fact. Thomas might give her a kiss for him if he liked. He forwarded a wedding present by express and hoped they would be very happy, etc. The present was an elaborate hat rack of polished buffalo horns, mounted on red plush with an inset mirror. Young Thomas set it up on the kitchen table and scowled moodily at his reflection in the mirror. If wedding presents were beginning to come, it was high time something was done. The matter was past being a joke. This affair of the present would certainly get out. Things always get out in Valley View, dang it all, and he'd never hear the last of it. I'll marry, said young Thomas decisively. If Adelia Williams won't have me, I'll marry the first woman who will, if it's Sarah Barnett herself. Young Thomas shaved and put on his Sunday suit. As soon as it was safely dark, he headed for Adelia Williams' house. He felt very doubtful about his reception, but the remembrance of the twinkle in Adelia's brown eyes comforted him. She looked like a woman who had a sense of humor. She might not take him, but she would not feel offended or insulted because he asked her. "'Dang it all, though. I hope she'll take me,' said young Thomas. "'I'm in for getting married now, and no mistake. And I can't get a dealie out of my head. I've been thinking of her steady ever since that confounded gossip began.' When he knocked at Adelia's door, he discovered that his face was wet with perspiration. Adelia opened the door and started when she saw him. Then she turned very red and stiffly asked him in. Young Thomas went in and sat down, wondering if all men felt so horribly uncomfortable when they went courting. Adelia stooped low over the wood box to put a stick of wood in the stove, for that May evening was chilly. Her shoulders were shaking. The shaking grew worse. Suddenly Adelia laughed hysterically, and sitting down on the wood box, continued to laugh. Young Thomas eyed her with a friendly grin. "'Oh, do excuse me,' gasped poor Adelia, wiping tears from her eyes. "'This is dreadful. I didn't mean to laugh. I don't know why I'm laughing, but I can't help it.' She laughed helplessly again. Young Thomas laughed, too. His embarrassment vanished in the mellowness of that laughter. Presently, Adelia composed herself and removed from the woodbox to a chair, but there was still a suspicious twitching about the corners of her mouth. I suppose, Adelia, that you've heard the story that's been going out about you and me of late. Adelia nodded. I've been persecuted to the verge of insanity with it, she said. Every soul I've seen has tormented me about it, and people have written me about it. I denied it until I was blue in the face, but nobody believed me. I can't find out how it started. I hope you believe, Mr. Everett, that it couldn't possibly have arisen from anything I said. I felt dreadfully worried for fear you might think it did. I heard that my cousin, Lucilla Barrett, said I told her, but Lucilla vowed to me that she never said such a thing or even dreamed of it. I felt dreadful bad over the whole affair. I even gave up the idea of making a quilt after a lovely new pattern I've got because they made such a talk about my brown dress. I've been kind of supposing that you must be going to marry somebody, and folks just guessed it was me, said young Thomas, and he said it anxiously. No, I'm not going to be married to anybody, said Adelia with a laugh, taking up her knitting. 
I'm glad of that, said young Thomas gravely. I, I mean, he hastened to add, seeing the look of astonishment on Adelia's face, that I'm glad there isn't any other man, because, well, because I want you myself, Adelia. Adelia laid down her knitting and blushed crimson, but she looked at young Thomas squarely and reproachfully. You needn't think you're bound to say that because of the gossip, Mr. Everett, she said quietly. Oh, I don't, said young Thomas earnestly, but the truth is, the story set me to thinking about you, and from that I got to wishing it was true. Honest, I did. I couldn't get you out of my head, and at last I didn't want to. It just seemed to me that you were the very woman for me, if you'd only take me. Will you, Adelia? I've got a good farm and house, and I'll try to make you happy. It was not a very romantic wooing, perhaps, but Adelia was forty and had never been a romantic little body even in the heyday of youth. She was a practical woman, and young Thomas was a fine-looking man of his age with an abundance of worldly goods. Besides, she liked him, and the gossip had made her think a good deal about him of late. Indeed, in a moment of candor, she had owned to herself the very last Sunday in church that she wouldn't mind if the story were true. I'll, I'll think of it, she said. This was practically an acceptance, and young Thomas so understood it. Without loss of time, he crossed the kitchen, sat down beside Adelia, and put his arms about her plump waist. Here's a kiss Charlie sent me to give you, he said, giving it. Thanks for joining us for Lucy Maud Montgomery's The Gossip of Valley View. We'll return next Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern with a brand new story at 1001 Greatest Love Stories. If you enjoy 1001 Greatest Love Stories, please do, Apple listeners, stop and give us a review. We're fairly new, and we would appreciate reviews very much. It helps other people find us. Thank you. Everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon. come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.